0: Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit mfm.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6,000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
1: It's the Luminaries with David Odyssey, this time a special Aquarius season edition. It's the astrology of Elaine Stritch with none other than Larry Owens. But first, thoughts on the Russian-Turkish baths, practical magic, euphoria, three women, and much, much more. Thanks for listening. It's gonna be an all-timer, trust me. Mwah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, where to begin? First of all, Yes, I've been to the Russian-Turkish baths twice in the last week. Uh, last Sunday, Jake Cornell and I went for mail-only hours, and let me tell you, it was social hour at the Copacabana. That place, dead of winter, fucking packed. Yes, I was having Auschwitz flashbacks. They were cramming in nude gay bodies into every fucking steaming crevasse you could find. The plunge pool has been properly chilled. Um, You know, listen, I'll say this because I I did go to Spa Castle a week ago. And, you know, generally speaking, I've been feeling a little disdainful towards uh, gay civilization such as it is. But um, what I was exposed to at Spa Castle was pathetic. Uh, It was a um, decaying, squalid facility filled with Chelsea homosexuals, soulless... Heartless and mindless. Um, but the Russian baths, I have to say, there was a spirit of uh, Robin's Send to Robin Immediately video. There was there was hugging and massaging and embracing and kissing and all the other stuff that happens in a steam room. But there was just a sense of uh, um, conviviality um, and communion. It was very Three of Cups. It was very Jupiter and Pisces. So I was, you know, look. my health, my emotions, never quite stable. There's nothing like going into a kiln uh, to make you feel better. And frankly, you know, it's what they did in the old country. So um, I do feel like the Polish ancestors are quite pleased with me. I did encounter a Polish, maybe, maybe Russian, but I think a Polish ancestor over the last week. I think turn of the century, tall, single... But not in a um, Countess Olenska way, just like by choice, had a great inheritance. And she told me, you know, she doesn't want kids. She loves having money and she loves going to the opera. So generally speaking, I should just say, you know, if you've gotten a reading from me before, if you've not, I have gone in a new direction Uh, readings are getting more ancestral. Um, I'm having more contact with other people's ancestors during readings. Not necessarily every time, and they kind of meet you where you're at, but this... This is getting to be more, more, more. Um, and it's very exciting for me. You know, I don't know any of my... I know some of my ancestors. Most of them died in the Holocaust, and then the other ones died in the fucking pogroms, okay? Um... You know, David Odyssey is not is not the the child of, of colonists. He is the child of Jews uh, running away and hiding in carpets. Um, you know, my dad does always say the best thing that happened to Israel is the Russian immigrants of the 90s. Um, you know, remember when Russia got rid of all the Jews, like Libya and Iraq. Um, I, I don't know why I'm going on about this. Okay. Okay. Anyways, it was great to say I feel better. Who knows what you know what to do with that. Um, in other Jewish news, uh, we are soon to be attending Rock Golden Blatt's they mitzvah. I personally have been uh, the minute they announced this series, I thought, oh, Charlotte's um, Charlotte's second child is bat mitzvah age. Like, let's do this. And I thought that would be a big plot of the sh- of the season, and it should have been. So I hope that the season finale gives us a they mitzvah. <laughs> oh my god. It, it's really... You know, I already wrote a piece on this for Nylon, and you can read the February horoscopes for this, but... The timing of Venus retrograde with and just like that, just the timing of that Venus Capricorn retrograde that that slouch into materialist oblivion and the depression of the of the girls walking through Chelsea Market. Um, You know, Kim Cattrall is a Leo and Leo is a fixed sign. They're not going to do anything for anyone they don't want to do. And they're not they're not going to run around just to get attention. They, they know who they are and what they're worth. And, and Kim Cattrall was right. Um, it's gotten just bitter and bizarre. Um, okay. Um, look, Emily Olcott and I went to Metrograph last week to see three women. You know, what can I possibly say? Um, it was, it was, it's a perfect film. Um, you know, I I would say they don't make them like Shelley Duvall anymore, but I would also just say they don't make them like Sissy Spacek anymore. You know, I'm sorry, but the girls of this age don't have that. Um, we watched, yesterday we watched Network, and last week my roommate and I watched The Eyes of Laura Mars. So I'm going on a Capricorn post-Capricorn, Faye Dunaway kind of saga right now. But um, Sissy Spacek was nominated for Carrie, and she and and um, Faye Dunaway faced off together. And that's one where you're like, yeah, you know? It's good that Sissy Spacek didn't win, because I think she had a more interesting career afterwards. But that, Sissy is the real deal. You know, I can't say that for every girly right now. Um, obviously fight, you know, there's so much about Faye Dunaway. I don't know beyond Supergirl, Supergirl, one of my favorite camp movies, Supergirl's a film which I made all the second grade boys watch for my birthday party at a sleepover. I consider that my great act of queer vengeance. Um, Faye Dunaway's eyes are inhuman animatronic. She's she's beyond all comprehension. She's beyond anything. Um, And Network was fabulous. Network is one of the rare instances where they give a woman a movie to act in and absolutely devastate. Um, Speaking of, the Nicole Kidman Terry Gross interview was very good. My issue is that... Okay, we know that Nicole Kidman that Tom Cruise was encouraged by the Scientologists to not marry and then to later on divorce Nicole Kidman because her father is a Freudian psychoanalyst, and they knew, the Scientologists knew they'd never fully get to her. That's the interview I want to hear. What age, when does she reach her Kathleen Turner, Angelica Houston, even Wayne Newton, I want to do my New York Magazine tell-all age, because I need to know about Tom... uh, Doing doing um, that movie, doing Eyes Wide Shut with the, the emissary of Scientology. Tell me. Um, I did rewatch Practical Magic. I don't think it can be underestimated. There's two things we can't underestimate in this world. First of all, Nicole Kidman with natural bangs and her hair dyed red. Um, we're not talking about Big Little Lies helmet wig bangs. We're talking about natural, those are her bangs. And we can't underestimate Sandra Bullock in a pair of Daisy Dukes, cut-off shorts, running into the arms of Mark F- uh, Feuerstein to the sounds of this kiss, this kiss. Um, Sandra Bullock at her peak. You know, that's a movie star. Okay. Uh, If you listen back to the Mo Freipasic episode from 2019, we talk about the movie star. That's a real movie star. Practical Magic is great. Um, I love what Practical Magic and Charm do, which is say, we're going to have witch rules. We're not going to explain them to you. Just get in there. So I'm quite pleased. Euphoria has been very good. You know, I think the (laughs) redemption will be difficult because... They've really taken the Zendaya character so deep into the Piscean depths, and it's really getting, like, scary to watch. Martha Kelly from Television's Baskets. Good to see you. RIP Louis Anderson, who I interviewed. Hi, Martha. You're doing great. Love you on the massage chair. Um, The gay sex flashback was... I want more. I'd like to know where that story goes, but it was... It was something else, and, like, I have to applaud it. I just thought... Yes, those boys were identical. Yes, they were obviously played by models. Yes, a lot of people's gay coming of age doesn't look like that. But I actually think this opened a portal into a different kind of fantasy and a different kind of feeling and a different kind of resonance. And like that's just as critical and valuable and essential. Um, And I also just think there's euphoria is highbrow. Euphoria is very well made. It's very high budget. And seeing, you know, the queer sexual awakening on a high budget and not in some pathetic low budget mumblecore shit, you know, I got to tell you, it makes a difference. Okay? Um, I had a conversation with uh, Emily Gauss this this past week or or week before about... about the the Jake character on Euphoria, uh, about the um, Jacob Alordi. You know, God is cruel. I've said this before. Male beauty is malice. I've said that before, too. Ruby and I once talked about James Franco and about, you know, everything about him. And the thing is, when a person looks like that, and they're a movie star... And They're charismatic and sexy and charming. Yeah, they're probably gonna get away with murder. I'm not saying they're not guilty of shit, but When you talk about Jacob Elordi, you understand that no woman could possibly survive that you know God made this person look that way so that he would just devastate Um, and it's it's just a hard truth of evolution that sometimes we have to accept that there are those who have been given a gift above the rest of us and we uh, have no choice but to to be demolished in, in its wake. Um, you know, I, I don't want to go too far with this because, look, I just watched Jane Eyre. Look, I finished reading Jane Eyre, Masterpiece. Jane Eyre is the story of an Aries woman falling for a cancer man. Hello. Um, but I watched the 2011 version. Michael Fassbender is another one. God is cruel. I think Michael Fassbender actually has committed real abuse against women, so I don't want to, like, support this theory too much. But you look at him and you're like, oh, fuck. You know, who could stand a chance? Um, he was very good in this version. Mia Wasikowska, I'm sorry to say, miscast. Um, there. I also watched the Charlotte Gainsbourg version. Love Charlotte. I adore the woman. Speaking of a cancer, I adore the woman. She can do no wrong in my eyes. But I need to watch the Samantha Morton version because I think Samantha Morton will be the only one we've got. Um, she might be the only true Jane in town. Um, yeah, I just... It, it, they, it wasn't written... Michael Fassbender was owning that movie. I, I was just like, give me a break. Okay. Shinigami Eyes by Grimes. The new video is gorgeous. It's beautiful. Speaking of women I love. Okay. Now from Grimes all the way back to Elaine Stritch, get ready because shit's about to go down. So this is the episode that's needed to happen. I've never had Larry on the pod, which is shocking. We don't I don't even need to introduce him because the conversation just starts. So buckle up and brace yourself. Okay. Yeah. There's, yeah, it's fine. It's fine.
0: (laughs) I did. I heard my delay just then.
1: Right. What is that? Okay. It's zoom. I need to switch off of zoom, but it's like, I don't want to get a producer. No, 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 no.
0: no. So I normally have like a podcasting mic and I, uh, can't find it, (laughs) 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 but I know that this is a microphone technically.
1: Um, and it's fine and it's, it's quite good. Um,
0: 'm coming on. which is actually very laney, like Laney would never enter a space and not completely control it with
1: chaos yes hey, uh, where's my uh, seat?
0: Uh, the microphone doesn't work i of course, I lost my microphone
1: and I'm watching the company sequence, like the Ladies who lunch and it's like, yeah, it, it's it's like becoming performance art because like she can't right exactly like this matter around like,
0: people is audience if you are, right, a person, it, <laughs> you are an audience member and the play has begun
1: right and like there's no no one can end it um and actually, let's just jump in because you, Larry Owens, uh, are a Sagittarius, and Elaine is a Sagittarius rising. Normally, I would introduce you, but oh. frankly, this guest needs an introdu- introduction. <laughs> oh, okay. we're already
0: we're already in. Yeah.
1: and this is the thing when when uh you know she when life- rising,
0: I did not know that. That is crazy.
1: It's perfect. And, you know, Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter. Jupiter is that planet of expanse and abundance. And it's the biggest planet in the solar system. It's this planet of largesse. And Elaine's first planet in her first, you know, the very first planet when Elaine was born in the sky is Jupiter. So Uh. that sense of life as a constantly expanding art piece experiment slash confrontation is so apt
0: oh my gosh confrontation art being art and love maybe even having confrontation is huge Isn't
1: yeah yeah and like i think she grappled with that too like i think she grappled with the idea of like being a new york broad or whatever and she she left new york quite a bit too like i think For her, there's this aspect of, like, if I don't turn this off manually, it's just going to keep going until I'm burnt out, you know?
0: I mean, the burning, and that's the thing. That is, like, as a Sagittarian, I'm not an Aquarian, but as a Sagittarius, like, I absolutely, there is both the burning, the endless burning of, like, travel, of exploration, of curiosity. But then there's the absolute mutable qualities of, like, being like, yeah, I'm a New York City broad, but, like, I'm just a simple girl from Michigan.
1: I know. I'm going She's to London like, now. Like, okay. <laughs>
0: She's like, I'm a boozy broad, but no, I'm a Covent girl. Like what is the yeah. t- convent girl, convent girl? Like what is like, but I also give very much that. I'm like, am I the most like outdoor cat ever? Or am I like someone who just wants to be cozy and it? Like, but both are true.
1: And, and it's very, that's that's very good larry because it's very sagittarian of this idea of like you're constantly moving and seeking expanding but when someone pins you down or labels you or identifies you it's like what are you talking about
0: oh my god oh wow red straight through shot through the heart <laughs> and you're to blame oh my gosh it that is wow yeah that's my whole thing literally like literally like wanting to be seen wanting to be labeled give me and it's like you think that's all i can
1: do (laughs) right right and it's interesting because there's that part two in the documentary when she wins her her emmy for 30 rock and she's on like 30 rock season six or whatever and they show her watching it and she's like i don't find this very like interesting or funny anymore like you can't like that that idea of the stagnation You know, is so, and and that to me works very well with theater if we're talking about like Sagittarianism because theater is live. And I think when you film something, okay, you film it, it's in the can and then you see it a few months later or a few years later, but there's something like for her level of of energy, she needs to either be in like a direct challenge or it's just pure stagnation, why is she bothering?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like that almost like that, because doing theater eight times a week, is a fight. It's a fight against stamina. It's a fight yes. against like <laughs> sanity. Like, and so like that, like that. that's actually what kept her alive. And then like once you're like, don't go on stage, like what is the body to do? The body knows one thing, gear up or recover from the gig. And what do you mean Mm -hmm. gigging is life. work is life. we're American. If you weren't working, you weren't shit. So if you like, so thus we have this, that's why old school people have the reverential theater because theater is not hobbyism. Theater is your livelihood. And so if you are a plumber, a chef, a caretaker, a teacher, you're going to work. You're not, I have a headache, I'm not going to work. You're going to work with a headache. And so there is this passage of time what work means to an artist that is like be shifting and becoming really pacifying and placating. That Elaine Stritch, thank God, mother is not here to see.
1: Honestly, Lair, let's talk about this a little because you just opened a really beautiful door for us. Elaine Stritch and Patti Lapone are, t- you know, Elaine Stritch did do well on television. Patti Lapone has famously been she's never gotten her due on TV. I think we can say that. Like, I think she's... Patty Lapone has had memorable roles on television, but there's something about sending these women to LA <laughs> where it's like... <laughs> People in LA are workhorses, especially in the TV industry, like TV actors, just kind of like, if you, you know, there are CW actors who just, yeah, they just moved to Vancouver and you never see them again. But (laughs) there's that sense of, that sense of, yeah, the fight and the, like, um, the immediate resonance, the immediate, like, uh, feedback, I just think... There's something, it, it like takes the oxygen out and famously Elaine Stritch did audition for B. Arthur's role on Golden Girls and she said she blew the audition, which is like, what? Classic was it's classic Laney.
0: <laughs> it's, it's that's the thing is like is for her and for people of the agent for her like the failure story is as important as the success story. Yes, that like in your treasure trove you better have some failures to go along because everyone's gonna talk about your successes. But if you can't say I went and I fell flat on my ass and look how funny it is, how wrong I was, like that yes. is a part of it too. That's a part of the balance of like being a star, quote unquote star. And it was just so crystallized in this human being, like just so absolutely like ready and built to be star and the star of the way she was at the moment in time where she was born.
1: Thank you for saying that. Uh, you know, listen, this is this Elaine Stritch is has three planets in Capricorn. We've got Jupiter, Venus and Mercury. Capricorn is the sign of masculinity dominance and Capricorn needs to be clawing its way up somehow it's all about the scrape through barbed wire she has her Mars in Aries in her fourth house of family you know when we see Mars in a family position that denotes apoplexy that denotes a sense of get me the fuck out of here I you know I need to fight my way to the top so Elaine Stritch really is a very masculine chart we're looking at um it's uh, there's not a lot of like immediate femininity here. And <laughs> that is kind of like what what we want. You know what no, I mean? No, it's so
0: spot on. I mean, if we just think about the, like if we think about iconic Elaine Stritch looks, it's always menswear. <laughs> it's always like a, sh- a woman showbiz idea of menswear. So it's like not, it's not in just Oxford with the shirt, but it's like with the hat and with the, it's all menswear. Like she's yes. known for like, in especially of our age being like that she's this gruff person but it always like through that Laney always wanted to like be feminine that like that like yes. she actually like joanne and company is while elaine is not like is not sex like horny sexy but like the character is and that there's like a broad lust lustiness that comes out of her that she can access and tap but it's not what she's presenting as people thought she was a lesbian you know she's best no. friends with colonist liz smith and there's like you know rumors of that but i think laney actually is giving something separate which is maybe even chili and ace
1: that's uh thank you thank you larry you are you are reading the astrology beyond me uh, because I'm just doing the biography,
0: I actually can't I don't know what this chart means. I'm just like going off of facts that and, like, but you're feeding is.
1: it um because, Venus and Capricorn, uh, Larry and I are recording uh, in the final day of Venus retrograde. Venus has been in retrograde for the entire run of And Just Like That. Um, <laughs> Venus. <laughs> <laughs> so we're thinking about Capricorn as the sign of capitalism. And we're thinking of Venus Ooh. as the sign of beauty. So we're talking about the these themes of very materialist glamour, so even though it's not femme, it is still luxe, you know. Yes. So, there is this aspect of it is fashion, it is high, it is very elegant. But we are talking about an Aquarian, we're talking about an Aquarian with Sag rising, so there's that sense of absolute constant rebellion. And that Venus in Capricorn, it's like it's gaudy, it's not like it, there's still a gaudiness to it that makes it, okay, I'm elegant, I have taste, and I know what I, like, I bought this. Part but of it's being not, refined
0: and having dignity yes. is being seen. We are dignified exactly. so that we may best interact with people in the best way and have the best of interactions with whomever across cultures, across, you know, social class. That is what dignity is about. And it's, you know, and so, like, yes, if you're dignified, you wear a beautiful coat. You dress with singularity. Like, you dress yes. with panache and, and verve that goes out and says, I'm a person with point of view and humor. And we do that as an extension of dignity that we possess that in being transmuted it it meets our soul's needs like that's a gaudy is a way of putting it but what the actual behavior is it's a dignified behavior of dressing of, of going <sighs> out and presenting oneself in the most truthful way no and like of being she was uh, you know she was born well well to do you know yes. in michigan so like that came with like a ton of things in this like family idea to break out yes. of. Like she's given absolutely the best of Catholic rigidity to then rebel against. And to just go back to the Capricorn, it was it the Capricorn about pushing and always like fighting. What was Scraping, that? Scraping,
1: yes, yes. That's Scraping. the Capricorn.
0: that is what Elaine does in song. She like, and if you, there's uh, there's an acting technique uh, it's really, really good. We're gonna have to like I'm trying to explain this. It's really, really big. It's called lose more. It's like if you if you're in a moment and you're not losing, then you it's not real. So yeah. it's like she she looks at a song at a Songheim three-act play of a song. It's five minutes, a hundred words. And we are literally watching her scrape through the material. The harder she has to fight to get to the double bar, the end of the song, the big finish, the more we love her. The fight is the journey, is the drama, is the gift. And she understands that. And so when you understand that as a human, it's so easy to apply that to well-made art.
1: I have had many conversations over the years uh, with Henry Kapersky and Lulu Kraus about like, Why, how impossible it's been all this time to get a new funny girl going because that lose more thing is something Barbara Streisand certainly had. And I think obviously Elaine Stritch has uh, had of like, they, they Elaine Stritch, yes, she came, she was well to do, but like you said, she came from this like prim, uh, sexually repressed um, like she's from Michigan, right? Uh, like this Michigan Catholic upbringing. So then when she comes to New York, there is still this ascent and this fight and this battle. Barbara Streisand, who's this like Jewish girl, who's not traditionally beautiful until she redefined beauty. Also, we have that battle and that's just not something that the Disney channel can manufacture. You know, it's it's, it's not something that they
0: require. require. So the difference between Television and film is that like you on Broadway every night. Yes, you have to summon and bring whatever you want the audience to yeah. feel. It is up to you <laughs> to yeah. summon, bring it and put it out to them un, uh, unobscured, un, uninterrupted. And to let to let as few things as possible, your lunch, your day, the you know what I mean, your like the number of performances, to let none of that get in the way of you doing, of you acting making a connection with the audience on camera you truly babe if you show up to set and you and you go and you do the google gaga it's coming out good yeah because it ain't about you it's about you know the it's about selling tie during the commercials and so it just is like you don't need to have a spirit of journey to be an actor on television and film Uh,
1: you know uh, the, this this idea of the warrior archetype, the Mars and Aries. You know, I I just saw uh, I just rewatched at at Metrograph. They were showing three women with um, Shelly Duvall and Sissy Spacek. And you know, with Shelly Duvall, we know in The Shining that there's all these stories about how horrific of an a uh, filming experience it was, and how you know she was kind of basically abused by. Um, what's his name, Um, whoever the director is. And you know, it's really, it's beyond me to know his name. Um, And then I read an interview with Shelley Duvall in the last two years where she was like, oh yeah, it was horrible, he was screaming at me, we were fighting, I was sobbing, but like the work is very good and I'm really proud of what came out. And it's like, (laughs) like, you're like, oh fuck, like, We wanted there to be this story about like, look what was done to her when really she has that. And that's why watching the company sequence of Elaine Stritch, Stephen Sondheim is like, your voice is brassy. You need to go to sleep. We've been here for 14 hours. And she's just like, no, you know, there is that, that that it's 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 good conflict it's like y- you oh need that. my
0: gosh no it's absolutely replete it's like the, for her the most dignified thing as the star of that company is to make that documentary good so like if we go back to this idea of <laughs> it's like no make a show like Lainey, don't like do not not give them a show Right. You know, right. and so what right. she does is she creates the circumstances by which she can become the star of that documentary, a.k.a. she is herself. <laughs> she goes to lunch. We see her knocking back beers with Hal Prince at the luncheon. We see that she has a which we know that it doesn't count as a drink if you have a Pilsner beer. So no. like she has having a Pilsner beer, you know, the one that we see. So yes. imagine, you know, all the nips she's taking, whatever she's doing, you know, on the side. But through being herself, she creates the perfect conditions to be the star of the documentary and give us something to talk about. And she understood that that was her job, that by creating a good documentary, she might secure more work for herself and more legendary status. And it is so intentional.
1: (laughs) And I have to say, like, that song's immortal now. I mean, obviously, there's been many women who who have made that song immortal, but like... She did an act of service, you know, like she did contribute to a legacy and a, like that is the Aquarianism too. Aquarianism is like, what's going to be, what is this going to be in 20 years? Um, And she's filming this documentary for this show they're making. And she's like, no, I know, I know where this is going and I'm going to like, I'm going to perceive this in multiple mediums at a time.
0: So it's just something that I said earlier was like the failures are as important to the story, mm. like the actual like verbal telling of the story. So like if the cameras weren't there, what she would go on. And so she's sitting on a late night couch and they're like, boy, you're going to London and company, uh, ladies One just to show stopping song. And she's like, on that recording, I could not get it. And Stephen Sondheim is looking me in the face. And when Steve's looking at you, forget it. <laughs> you just know you're you're in the deep deep mud and so i came back the next day and i put on a little eyeliner and i hit it of the park. and then the audience yeah. goes crazy because she's just taken us in an anecdote through that journey <laughs> through that i had to grapple and i had to fight to make this and yeah. the story of the art is as important as the art to this person and that can be fun and profound in you know that environment at the time which and, and that's now. very marco <laughs> yeah
1: ex- and not now that's what's really interesting is that's that has really changed um she is saturn scorpio and this is a life like defined by these intense epochal um brutal experiences which you're right for her it, it, it is copy it, it, it is history but you're right that that, that ethos has really shifted. Um, I think it's going to shift back this decade, actually, because I don't think we can stay in, like, um, here's my trauma bubble mentality bursting. for much longer. We're, yeah. yeah, we're
0: in bubble bursting. Yeah, things have to be fun. We have to be able to tell stories that, like, are not Juan and Pat, but that, like, also, like, have... But are good. <laughs> and like now like nothing can be special. You know what I mean? Because everything's right. so accessible and like everything everything having intense value is devalued. You know what I mean? If everyone has a voice, no one has a voice. No one has a voice right now.
1: Yes. Um... We, we,
0: we we used to send people who were given platforms for voices through huge vetting schools. Meaning you had to go and make something for us to care. Like, we had, like there used to be such a vetting to care. Even if you just wanted to have a soapbox, like you had to go in the corner and like get a hundred people to stick around first, you know, and so that system is gone. Everyone has a voice right now and it no one has a voice. Nothing is being said. Everything is being passed around, but nothing is being said and nothing can be said if we're all, if you cancel it out. <laughs>
1: And Larry, thank you for saying this, because, look, we're talking about Sag, the Sag rising, the Sag archetype, the Larry Owens archetype, like, you know, when you watch the Tina Turner documentary, it's just like, fuck, God, that woman worked. Like, Like, in terms of, like, physical, like, the reason why she's, like, in her chateau in Switzerland and is like, no, I'm done, is because, like the amount of like pure stamina and like endurance you know (laughs) and you're like oh yeah there's a lot of great you know young girls out now but like no one had to work like this it's just like i I hate to say it and i'm not saying everyone should have to work like this but like (sighs) elaine stritch's son yeah please please go
0: go go the chart her son
1: elaine stritch's son squares saturn you know there's the sun the radiant the radiant aquarius i have a point of view it's squaring saturn and scorpio saturn and scorpio is saying life is death life is pain and life is you having to claw yourself out of the underworld out of the grave and like we need that
0: as the point of being like no that's that's the task go
1: yeah <laughs> go join the league <laughs> yeah
0: you're like yes no the task is big and it's daunting and it is not sugar-coated it's not mcdonald's and it ain't a foot rub it is <laughs> what did you say yeah. to claw out from the underworld what is it what is saturn? yes yes saturn square
1: it? uh saturn sun square
0: this it means it's crawl out what was the language that you use like for the activity it is- of it
1: in order to claim that radiance above ground, you have to literally come out of the scorpionic underworld. You have to pass through death and destruction and metamorphosis, you know? And
0: that being the actual task.
1: People wanting yeah.
0: now, wanting the task to be easier. And like the actual task is if you want radiance, go through hell.
1: And, you know, when I read people's charts and there there isn't a lot of of red, let's say, a lot of sc- Conflict—that's not always a good thing. And when I read people's charts, and there's a lot of red, I often say, like, "Look at Tina Turner's chart. Like, look at Britney Spears's chart. It's not Britney, another Sagittarius. Like, it—you want, you need to fight to grow. I—I I hate to say it, and I'm not trying to sound like only the strong survive, but like, these women embody something a little bigger than just glamour. You know?
0: And the children don't want to hear it. No one wants to hear it. There's a phrase everyone wants to be Beyonce until it's time to be Beyonce. And it's a phrase I take very personally because I, t- <laughs> I have to tell it to myself. I have to look, you know, I'm sitting in bed and I'm like, okay, bitch, stand up. <laughs> 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 you don't want to work again. Who cares? <laughs> Go.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm. I'm curious, Larry. She has a, a a big thing going on in her relationship house, and I, I'm curious if you can speak to her elaine stritch in relationship elaine stritch in collaboration uh, because yeah. she is so singular and i'm curious about that legacy
0: Bang-a-berry.
1: so elaine Stritch's jupiter which we said is in her first house of intrinsic selfhood that jupiter that huge persona is opposing pluto pluto's in cancer and the uh uh you know larry knows cancer well it is a uh, very feminine uh ve- very um loving nourishing sign and that is in her seventh house of relationships collaboration and open enemies uh it's opposing pluto pluto the planet of death and metamorphosis and lilith lilith the exiled female uh the archetypal old testament exiled woman so we just get the sense that this big strong masculine persona is often in conflict with a a submission and a surrender and a femininity wow. okay. in other yeah, relationships. Great.
0: Yeah, that makes sense because we see the bombastic. Like no one would ever say that Elaine Stritch the per, the persona is a shrinking violet, but in collaboration relationships, is actually what she represented. She's incredibly insecure about her relationship with Stephen Sondheim, saying that like mm. I don't think he likes me very much. Yeah, <laughs> she's very. But that's like from mm. internal. You know what I mean? From her own uh i think softer side that uh that entertains doubt you know more than the other side of herself and she's she was married once to john bay uh <laughs> and they lived in england at the savoy hotel for like 20 years and like they, so they were married until his death and it was after like like a late late marriage maybe in her 30s and it's like you know the speculation of like Is she a prude? Is she, you know, like, is she a slut? Is she, you know, a lesbian? But really, she needed someone strong enough with whom she could submit. Mm. And John gave her that, like John like gave her like security, like he had, he was independently wealthy from his English muffin fortune, (laughs) Uh, and to to her death Elaine would give out John's English muffins as a present, because she could get them from stock, She's so cheap, so she would every Christmas it's like Elaine's sending the English muffins to Noel Coward, Um, and Noel Coward's like, mom is like, we didn't get the English muffins this year, what's going on? But yeah, yeah. In collaboration, I would say that she definitely uh, presents presents softer because she is so insecure that like be getting to opening night is the clawing. Yeah, like, back to her son. But like in rehearsal, like she is absolutely like uh, needing to be held up, and that's why she's retreating to drink a lot because Mm. having to go out and be good every time is scary. And even though she's good through technical skill, a lot of like what uh, common parlance about virtuosic artistry is, is that it's because of you. And it's like, it's like, I was given this tool, like your toolbox as an actor is literally how you look. So it's like, first of all, I'm working with what I got. <laughs> I'm doing the best that I have with what i got, Mariah um, Carey. And so that's like a big part of the equation. It's like, how can I take credit for that? And then when you're actually doing something as repeatable as eight shows a week for a career and a livelihood over and over and over again, you know that it ain't just you. That like on Thursday night in October, it is absolute technical skill. And so to not doubt your skills, not doubt yourself, but rather to doubt your skills and to doubt yourself is a very natural place to be. And I would say that like of the types to go through that, insecurity and process, Elaine is on absolute the far end of the spectrum, soft, mm. the far soft end. She's someone who is gonna break down, who's gonna need, you know, mm. side-by-side triaging, who's gonna need the director, who after she's broken down the director, <laughs> will like actually listen to, you know, and then collaborate the best. But only once she's gone through her process <laughs> can yeah. she collaborate. Only this- once she had lived and established her life could she marry, you know?
1: You know, this is such a you're giving us so much to work with with Aquarianism because Elaine's Aquarius son is in her second house of self-worth. And we think about uh, her ability to wear her originality, to wear her sense of style, her sense of panache, um, and that that just sense of the Aquarian identity on her really fits. She is really... any show you see with her you're you're like this is not how this this work is written she's doing she's running circles around it she's giving us angles you know she's bizarre she's original she's different she's an outsider and you know the inverse of aquarius is leo leo is i'm embodied I'm the king, everyone looks at me, I'm totally secure, I'm regal. And with Aquarius, you know, for all of Aquarius is like, I'm a rebel, I don't give a fuck, I'm an alien, I'm an only child. Aquarius does feel the sting of being the outsider, you know? Oh, they're so
0: sensitive. So sensitive. Like, it's like, it's a a magic, it's like, how dare you be a stubborn bitch with feelings, pick one. And it's like, no, Aquarius is like, no. Like I absolutely want what I want, when I want, how I want, I'm gonna present how I want, the outward thing, the aesthetic thing,
1: but, but. I also
0: have, ev- I have every right in the world to be a
1: soft bitch. Exactly. <laughs> right. and, like,
0: and be taken care of. Like, Why aren't you
1: paying attention African to me? Corn. Exactly. It's
0: not Leo Bravado. It's not self-sufficient in that way.
1: It's and, something more and- vulnerable. Exactly. It's really a shadow side and her, you know, we have, we have the nodes of astrology. These are the points of the moon's elliptical with Elaine Stritch. Her South node is in Aquarius and her North node is in Leo. Um, and so we see, I mean, let me just, I can be a little bit uh, more open about what nodes are. The South Node is going to be a bit of what you come from and what you know. The North Node is going to be a little bit more um, what you're needing to download in this life. And with Elaine Stritch, we see the South Node immediately conjunct her son in Aquarius. So the Aquarianism, I think with her, and I think this is not you know, a profound uh, declaration, but the the south node, that Aquarianism, she came here with that um, and like she's got it. What's more interesting is the north node in Leo. The north node for her is in Leo. Uh, Leo she has in her eighth house of um, Her eighth house of ego death. Uh, Princess Diana had this similar configuration, but Princess Diana's eighth house of ego death dealt a lot more with having to subsume herself in the royal family. Uh, With Elaine Stritch, we get this sense of, you know, it's good often to relinquish that, that outsider status. It's good to to feel really authentically, loyally seen in a really intimate way, which is what Leo secretly wants. Like, you know, Leo does want to be the star, but Leo is actually very, most Leos have a very tight inner circle um, and they're very private because being seen in a real way and being seen on a stage are two very different things, you know? Oh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot. So Larry, let's talk a little bit about just some of the big transits in her life. Her first Saturn return, 1953 to 1956. This is when she does Bus Stop. We're kind of seeing the big debut, okay. Um, But Elaine Stritch is an interesting one. It's so weird that she and B. Arthur, it's just really weird that they both existed at the same time. Like, what is that? You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. Of like the the two gray ladies, but... um, Elaine Stritch had her Uranus opposition. A Uranus opposition is um, in your 40s, the planet Uranus makes it halfway through your chart. Sorry, my my apartment buzzer is going off, but um, in your 40s, the planet Uranus makes it uh, halfway through your chart and shit starts getting interesting. So we're talking about Demi Moore and Charlie's Angels. We're talking about Oscar Wilde's 40s, et cetera, et cetera. Elaine Stritch's Uranus opposition was 1961 through 1969. It was um, in Virgo and this to me, if we think about Virgo as the sign obsessed with roles and service and what you're doing and work, um, we're thinking about those that 60s decade as extremely productive, prolific and expansive, right? Yeah. I would say that's like the Sondheim decade
0: um Okay, let's see. Hold on, hold on. I, I, so that I don't misspeak, I am pulling up some notanas
1: um, Yeah, I mean, i can
0: be really fucking authoritative over here. No, no, uh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad not to be
1: ambushing you. I feel like yeah, um, so.
0: Yeah, so we yeah we don't get to Company until 1970, which seems to be like the crowning <sighs> achievement of this decade of work. Yeah, and here's the thing, and this is just for the people at home because. Uh, I know there's a current revival of this musical on Broadway right now, and the role is being played by a woman who, if I think I do a quick Google, I think the actress currently playing Joanne on Broadway might be 70. Um, <laughs> she's she's coming in at 72 years old. So we're so Elaine Str- So Ladies Who Lunch is not what we think. <laughs> Like, Ladies of Lunch was not a term until this, be, until this song, until this moment. So you, when you are on the writing or delivery end of a piece of work that becomes a merit, becomes worldwide language lexicon, that is what the power of musical theater was at this point. That mm. like, that like it is like you know like everything's coming up roses we say that now you know sondheim wrote that mm. like that we didn't say that before he wrote that he's introducing and she's introducing since the first time since gypsy the next sondheim bon mo that we can mm. just talk like throw around and this character was 40 the character of bobby is turning is turning 35 and the character of joanne is 50 and like, and it's competitive, and like, and it could be his their friend, not this like grand dame like like not a non fun countess Luann, <laughs> like, right. like sorry, now I'm I'm now I'm outwardly dragging a a no, but of she's not
1: playing like she's it, it's it, it's indelible because she is not supposed to be playing. It's not like a matriarch role. She's not doing. Um, major- she's not doing. Yeah. It's, it's not, not Andrea, it's not, uh, you know, the role in Pippin that Andrea, um,
0: Yes, yes. Bertha. You know, it's not yeah, that. It's, it's not, not Andrea Bertha. Martin
1: and Pippin. It's, it's not, not that.
0: It's not that. It is actually this active, horny thing. <laughs> this, like, <laughs> yes. horny despair thing. Gargoyle. This, like, a- this act of someone actively losing. Lose more. Had it like oh gosh wow well, I'm doing a public dragging performance No, I'm doing a distillation of art with a little like edge of critique um, the presentation distillation of the character of Joanne which was created after Elaine Stritch with her in mind on her body mm. like now we have this idea just so diluted in that I don't know there's just something really important about being born at the time that you're born that like in order to meet your moment you have to be like that the time in which you are born and meant to do your work is as important as everything that you come loaded with. If, and Elaine Stritch now is not getting into Carnegie Mellon BFA musical theater. She's not, mm. you know, <laughs> being, yeah. not, you know what I mean? She's not originating, <clears throat> she's not allowed to do musicals because of her voice, you know? But at this point in time, she's able to be a power player. She's able to be one of the most prominent voices through the through the momentousness of time and being, which I think is what a lot of this podcast is about. How does t- time and being and in pre predisposed uh, traitism that we're given intersect to create a huge combustion of combustion of star power? And I think, yeah, I think it's all. It, it really is underlined.
1: <laughs> Bitch, you yeah. nailed it. Um... Thank you. Yeah. You, you, you you just summed up the whole podcast. I mean, yeah. If you're born in 1925, by the time you're in your forties, like you've lived, you know, it's a little (laughs) different. That's
0: why it feels so wizened. It feels so wizened to us now, the character of Joanne because of how life was lived then, you you know, Bobby not being married at 35 is peculiar because if you're not married at 28, you're absolute, you know homo or defecto you know <laughs> like like what what do you mean you can't find a gal you know there's mm. gals everywhere like mm. <laughs> it's like if you're not a drug addict like then you can get a gal you know in this time period <laughs> mm. yes <laughs> um, and um, yeah
1: and by the way i love that her uranus opposition is in virgo which is the sign of the virgin you know i do like that there is that aspect of fucking up that archetype fucking up the the social expectations uh, of beauty and compatibility and desirability, all of that getting really just crushed and stepped on by her. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, everything about her was both like hypersexual and completely unsexed at the same yeah. time. As yeah. like, as like traitism, my favorite new word is fake. It's like traits that you have you, of, of or having traits. Like the traitism <laughs> sure. of like only, <laughs> only her star power could do that, of being like, this is yeah. what I'm given. I'm like, I'm like a virginal person who is worldly and should have sex appeal let me make it make sense <laughs> mm-hmm. and she does
1: yes um 1972 we have a saturn opposition she moves to london she gets married great uh saturn opposition goes down in her fourth house of home in taurus um i think this is a, a great saturn transit where this new york icon is like now i'm out of here um 1982 to 1985 we have her second saturn return uh this is when her husband dies we're seeing kind of the the scorpionic submission the career lows the alcoholism the uh you know some elements of like uh the lull before the next reboot you know mm-hmm. um and her not getting golden girls which is like
0: happening in this era
1: <laughs> okay um and then her third Saturn return, of course, is 2012 to 2015. So this is wrapping up 30 Rock, doing the Carlisle show, leaving New York City, the documentary, and then dying. So, you know, if you're talking about the three Saturn return cycle, which a lot of people don't live to their third Saturn return, your third Saturn return is second Saturn return, which is in the 80s for her, is, okay, I'm in my... I mean, I'm approaching 60, like, what... What now? What is the point? Why am I doing this? That third Saturn return is when you are officially the elder. And what was so Aquarian and Sagittarian to me, and I want your thoughts about this, about that third Saturn return was people just thought she was going to die in the Carlisle Hotel. And she was like, No, I'm getting out of here. I'm done with New York. And it was like, What do you mean you're li-? like? It, it It was that last sense of like, no, you're not pinning me down. Even if I die a year from now, I'm, I'm reclaiming something. You know.
0: Yeah, it's on her own terms. That was the whole thing. She went to New York on her own terms. Mm. She decided, you know, she went to the convent of the Sacred Heart to, like, you know, to live, you know, to be an actress. That was on yeah. her own terms. She she re- refused to get married until she, it was the absolute right suitor on her own terms. Mm. You know. And, yes. and, and then to say, you know, everyone has this expectation of me, which she knows, she's cognizant of, will never let you know that she knows. That's not, that's not what being a star is to her. It's, it's not, it, being a star is not you knowing every ounce of her neuroses, notes, app, press release, like <laughs> overshare. <laughs> it, uh... it, it, is, it, it is giving you one last run which is one last one last act, one last scene, which is you displace from New York, you go away, you have everyone talking about you, and then you're ready.
1: And, you know, if we want to just, you know, closing the themes of Sag and Aquarius, it's like Sag is movement. It is direction. It is uh, uh, ambulatory action. And Aquarius is about point of view. And I think there's this aspect of her being like, i need to go even if i'm gonna die soon i need to go so that i can get something back for myself so i can get my so i can refill my cup so i can reattain my sensibility um and like that is you know she was true to that truly to the very end by returning to michigan
0: and the idea is that like as a journeyman actor which she was and how I still identify somehow, which is just like, you just go from theater to theater, like you, the work never ends. And like, and if she could, you know, with autonomy and dignity, like go to a theater and still do HL, she would've been looking for her next role. But (sighs) because she could not do that through the physical limitations of age, there's still questions that she had about the world. How do I, how do I exist in nature? How do I, you know, can I go back home? Is life easier there? Have I been missing something? Is this what it could have been? You know, like one imagines like her in Michigan, you know, like feeling a, a slower pace of life and, and, and going through this active exploration and interrogation because that's what we do as journeyman actors. We get a script, we're given the black and white ink. You can't change it unless the writer is living it in the room. And so where do we start? With the facts and then questions and then you can go crazy mm. with that because then you can get at what's new about this age-old text so what is old text life you ask
1: questions and you know this to me is very saturn scorpio because saturn which is this planet of lessons and scorpio the sign of sacrifice what you said about you know when you if you want to have a long career you are going to have these definitive triumphant failures and i think there is this story of what roles could have been and what life could have been too you know to act so willfully and so decisively and to to have these these spectacular iconic parts there is always the shadow there's always the what path wasn't taken um you know what destiny wasn't fulfilled do you know what i mean
0: yeah yeah, between each highlight we're talking about is a decade of <laughs> figuring out how to mm-hmm. get to that. And the life of the journeyman actor is to, once you have your next, you know, Andre De Shields says the 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 top of one mountain is the bottom of another. So it's like, you, you know, you got <laughs> to kick it up <laughs> that next decade. And, you know, fortunately, she always had something peek out at the right moment.
1: Yeah. Always at the right um. moment.
0: She would... She would pivot, she would change location, she would meet a new faggot um, <laughs> who, who would write, the pen would just start going, you know, yeah. or she or she would reinvent herself and you know, like going from being the girl who's standing by for Ethel Merman, huge, to being the, the like, you know, the 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 inge girl and like the and like to do plays and like to do be the talkie broad, then to be the sanhemian you know, torchbearer. For a certain, you know, character type in that uh oeuvre, and then mm. to then just be TV comedy and <laughs> one woman show Emmy winning, you know, winning TV awards for theatrical performance. Like and then and then how she ended, which was literally just like a pop culture icon. Like someone as someone who, you know, we think of being indelible to New York City, of being indelible to the institution of theater, indelible yes. to you know the work of like you know,
1: and and style, and style,
0: and yeah. style. I know to this to this day, that's all I want. That's all I want is to dress like a late stretch. But I'm coming at it from the other. It's like I'm like I'm feminizing masculine was masculizing feminine dress, and basically I just want to look like what it like her. Figure out my tees.
1: You know, I have such an indelible image of you, Larry, that I think I'll like will always be a part of me. Which is like you in the weeks immediately uh, leading up to the pandemic with your Susan Alexander bag stuffed with the Elaine Stritch biography hardcover.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I was reading both. I was reading the official like sanctioned biography and then like the even juicier like I was just friends with Elaine Stritch in the last days of her life. <laughs> and I'm writing a book. I was a handsome guy who she liked to keep around. <laughs> yes. I was like, why did you? I was reading. Yes. I was, I was very Elaine Stritch-pilled anticipation of a writing project, which, uh, you know, really fulfills me because, you know, I'm just keeping her legacy going.
1: So do you have any recommendations for listeners of which texts, um, texts, documentaries? Uh, read it, read both. Documentaries? Uh, yeah.
0: I would read both, I would read both biographies. They're both equally as good. The slimmer one is the unofficial one. And yeah, it's like, it's like funner. Um, But yeah, there's like a ton of media you can watch. So if you haven't seen the DA Pennebaker documentary, uh, original cast recording, where they make the company uh, cast recording, it's really great. We've referenced it a lot here. Sondheim's uh, 90th birthday. There's what's called the red dress sequence where like her and like every other diva, they do a number from Sondheim. And she sings, I'm still here. Uh, She has Elaine Stritch at Liberty, which won the Emmy award. So watch either Elaine Stritch at Liberty or just watch her Emmy speech. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. It's so good. If I hadn't gotten out what was inside of me today. Normally, I can't take a compliment, but tonight, be my guest. <laughs> she starts taking people. She's like, like Donna, Donna, Rick Baruda. I don't like him very much, but he got the money. He got the money to do the show. <laughs> In the middle of it, she goes, no, no, Sheila. Like, it's just, it's so good. No, no, <sighs> Sheila is uh, one of my favorite things to say out of context, because, like, I don't know what she meant, but I love it.
1: And when um, you say it, it, it's like, yeah. No, no, Sheila.
0: <laughs> she looks up to the balcony. There's going to be each point. It says, "No, no, Sheila." <laughs> it's so funny. Like, is she speaking? Is she forgetting somewhat? Jib. Jib. But I'm honestly, I'm so happy that she made it to the end of her life with cognizance.
1: <laughs> oh, giving, thank God. She was she
0: was giving good old interviews to till till her to till her last day. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. There's a, a Betty Davis aspect there of just like. You want me to come back on the talk show? I'll do it. Like, dare me. You know. Um, so, Larry, I would tell people to go see Santimia, but it's sold out. And thank God, I already have my ticket, so oh people can God. just be ready. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, just, just, just keep, just keep looking. There'll be more stuff.
1: Yeah, as Viola Willis says, don't stop the train. Um, So, Larry, I'm not even going to tell people where to follow you because they should know already. So um, thank you for being here. This is like, this was the touch of destiny. And, you know, I love you with all my heart. The Luminaries is recorded with love in New York City. If you've enjoyed this show, please subscribe, share, rate, review, and etc. If you would like a tarot or astrology reading with me, David Odyssey, you can go to davidodyssey.com or follow me on Instagram, david underscore odyssey. And of course, be sure to read my nylon column and tell everyone you know about the luminaries. I am excited for whatever the hell is coming next. Let's do it together. Watch.